G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A significant and award-winning documentary has been screened along the east coast of Australia and it addresses the significant issues of the church's response to sexual abuse. Pastor Charmaine Meek is a pastor, she's an indigenous leader and one of several former sexual abuse survivors who are featured in the award-winning documentary. It's called Humble Hope. Now, Humble Hope is, as I say, an international award-winning documentary film. It's about child sexual abuse, screenings along the east coast of Australia this week. Charmaine is part of a number of screenings and has made herself available for some Q&A sessions following each screening. Tonight, the team is going to be in Moree in central northern New South Wales. And Charmaine is joining us to talk through how the tour has gone through, through how the tour has gone so far. Hello, Charmaine. Welcome along to 2020. Hi. Thank you. Charmaine, when did the tour start? You haven't been part of it since the beginning, but it's been going from the north on the east coast of Australia and heading south towards Newcastle this week. Yes, yes. So I, I, we, we started on Monday Monday night and then uh, we'll continue right through and finish at Newcastle on Friday night. Charmaine, you are featured in this documentary. How much can you share with us just of your own personal story? Okay, well, I was uh, asked to share part of uh, my own life um, by Ian Cook, who is the uh, producer of the film at the uh, National Day of Prayer and Fasting in Canberra. And uh, not realising how much the film would take in, and I've been to some viewings in Victoria, and the the whole film really, um, actually for myself, uh, even after all these years, was actually a little bit confronting, uh, because, you know, you come face to face with, uh, you know, your own life, and um, but I think the film itself is, is really good, because it really shows that people can talk about these issues. Um, they can be um, healed of these issues. They can get on with their lives, um, like I've had to get on with my life. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. I've a lot of work gone into it. Um, I understand that for some people it uh, can be confronting and uh, outright painful. But at the end of the day, I think it's one of those subjects that really need to be addressed uh, you know, within the church walls and within family walls um, so people can get set free and healed of uh, their pain and grief and like I call mine a silent scream because I didn't tell anyone for 40 years. What happened to me as a six-year-old child, I never discussed the rape at 15 with anybody. Uh, my parents lived and died and never knew what happened to me. 
And um, but you know, obviously God knew. <laughs> it wasn't until I got converted at 37, about three years later. So I was about 40. I'm now 69. Um, that you know, I had to come to face to face with the reality of what had happened to me, and to start to deal with the uh, what had happened to me and look at it realistically what had happened to me and um, you know for myself if I may say so now what I found is that a lot of us children seem to think you know we're naughty or we, we, we're we bad people we're naughty people you know we must be evil um, because we kind of like internally blame ourselves, not realising we're only children for heaven's sake. And it's not our fault at all. So, you know, personally, I've had to deal with a lot of false guilt, all the uh, the destruction of my self-worth as a person and self-esteem. And it's taken many, many years to to um, to deal with that. It's uh, like I said in my uh, interview with some paper. That, you know, Charmaine, it's a really powerful thing to say when you call it a silent scream and for 40 years that silent scream has been going on on the inside Uh, that's right so when people see this documentary they're going to relate to your silent scream it's going to be the sort of thing i imagine that people talk to you afterwards and say you know what that's my experience too the guilt the shame uh, the blame that's experienced by victims Uh, this is something that's shared by lots of people Yes, and, and that's how it really is. It's like, you know, um, well, the shame, the shame-based thing. That's another whole issue on itself, because you know we tend to internalise a lot of things and not really realise because we're trying to grasp this from, you know, thinking as a six-year-old child or even as a fifteen-year-old girl. I mean, you haven't got the maturity level in your thinking to try and figure out, hey, it's not your fault. Um, <laughs> It's, you know, um, it's just not your fault. It's just things that happen, you know, and, you know, I do a lot of counselling to a lot of people in sexual abuse and, you know, some horrific stories are a lot worse than mine, I can tell you. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I try and relate to people uh, as far as uh, perpetrators are concerned, if I may say this, that... Um, some people don't deserve to be forgiven, but we deserve to be healed. And at the end of the day, we still need to forgive anyway, even though they don't deserve it, you know, because we didn't deserve to be forgiven either, you know what I mean? Uh, when, so, you, when you use that terminology about forgiving perpetrators, uh, mm-hmm. some people will think, oh, well, that's just... Uh, what sort of what sort of an answer is that? But what you're indicating, and what I understand, uh, what happens when these things happen is that there's a healing process, and part of the healing process is this idea of forgiving a perpetrator. How do you yes. describe that to people? How do I describe it to people? Some people feel like they could no. never forgive that perpetrator. There are a lot of people. I was one of them. Then people, there's no way. I mean, I used to have these same sayings, all hell will freeze over and uh, it'll be a cold day in hell before I'll forgive these people what they did to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, you know, I've got to be honest, okay, I used to wallow in my own pain, you know, uh, poor little old me, why did this happen to me, if only, and all this type of thing, 
that went on. But at the end of the day, as I've progressed, especially my Christian walk, and I know I'm probably talking to non-Christians as well as Christians, okay? At the end of the day, we have a right. We have a right, you know, to be to be whole, to be, you know, what we're created to be. We have a right to live our lives in peace, and I mean internal peace, and not to be chewed up with, you know, like I was. Let me, I mean, talking about myself, I go so churned up with, with bitterness and hate and the resentment and the anger, the rage that was inside of me that I've had to deal with these things because those emotions took me down a pathway of of heroin addiction for 10 years, amphetamine addiction. It took me to the brink that I'm sure half pickled me liver with tequila. I used to take that many pills, Valium and Serapax and a few other things, so that I'd rattle when I walked. And that's just to stay straight because I did not want to deal with the issues of the pain and the shame and the humiliation and all those things that I went through as a child and as a teenager. But then suddenly a light goes on my head is why should I suffer? And as I found out in counselling along the track, most people who do things to you are totally oblivious and could not care less what they've done to you and they just go on with their lives and you get left holding the bag of misery and pain and heartache. So my thinking is, well, why should I carry that garbage when I don't have to? I think it's going to be an interesting Q&A session and a privilege for country listeners, especially in Moree tonight, because mm-hmm. Pastor Charmaine is going to be there, a part of a Q&A. She's one of those who's featured in this new documentary called Humble Hope. It's an award-winning documentary, and it's all about child sexual abuse. You'll be able to see it tonight in Moree, and then you'll be able to see it, I think, on the Gold Coast tomorrow night, uh, then Newcastle on Friday. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, there is a website too. It's humblehope.org.au. Pastor Charmaine Meek is with us. We'll talk some more shortly. We're talking about what has been a tour down the east coast of Australia of a award-winning documentary that deals with the very sensitive, very controversial issue of child sexual abuse. And Pastor Charmaine Meek is our guest. She'll be in Moree tonight as part of a Q&A session after the screening of the documentary. Now, when you are going to be in these Q&A sessions, what sort of things come out, Charmaine? Is Does it become... Controversial? Does it become heated? Does it become emotional? How do you describe what happens when you're in a Q&A session and there are people who have been victims of sexual abuse and, and they're there and they're seeing the documentary for the first time? Well, okay, I saw this documentary the first time in Waterborne, Victoria, I think nearly uh, maybe 12 months ago. And I'm, and I'm talking about myself. I was personally rattled. <laughs> yeah. Watching it for the first time because it stirs up, you know, emotion, you know, because we are human beings and we have emotions and all that type of stuff. But in the Q and A time, it was, it was a very short Q and A time at Warnable. Um, there wasn't a lot of people actually there that actually openly come and said, "Hey, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, a, a survivor of sexual abuse." There was only a couple, and they just asked kind of simple questions. 
No, there was no heated debate. No, there was no outburst of anger and stuff because I think in that environment, okay, there's a uh, a safety environment. Like a, I kind of describe it like a cocoon. Like people can feel safe. You understand? Yeah. So when people can feel safe, they're more likely to come and ask them questions. And as far as what I know, there hasn't been any outbursts of whatever. And that's not going to say that might not happen because that's just how it goes. I mean, welcome to life sometimes. This happens to people and, you know, if the bridge comes up in front of us, well, then obviously you've got to walk across the bridge when the bridge goes up and... And we can only, you know, share and, and try and help these beloved, precious people, you know, deal with what we've had to deal with. Um, and you can only share, um, this is how, what happened to me, this is how I got over this. Um, and but you, you know, you're different to me, you have different genetic makeup, you have different DNA and the, the, the pathway might be similar. There are aspects of the pathway that we all have to walk to get the freedom, but other, others may be the, the different pathways. Uh, you know, it took me years. Uh, you know, the, initially, the first seven years, from 40 to 47, you know, it was continually looking at these issues of, of the hate and the, just the burning stuff that was inside me because I had trouble with my uh, autoimmune disease. My thyroid went ballistic. Okay, um, I had so much trouble. Um, and then, you know, looking deeper into the things of why I was like I was, why my behaviour was like I was, why why this and why that. And being honest, I, felt, I find I really had to be really ruthlessly honest with myself. Wow. And look in the mirror and be quite ruthlessly honest. Mm. So okay. when when people turn up to see the documentary, they will be rattled by it. A lot of memories be. memories of the past will probably come back. But there is, in this documentary, that hope uh, that victims of child sexual abuse yes. are looking for. How do you describe the hope that you'll actually get when you see this documentary, Charmaine? Well, there's there's hope of freedom from the pain, you know, the, the grief and the sorrow and the heartache, and that's why this tour is called um, Healing the Brokenhearted. Because look, there's a lot of people out there, you know, precious, precious people, probably worse than what I went through. That you know, their hearts are actually just ripped apart and broken. Okay, but there's hope for them that they can be healed, they can be whole, and they can be who they're created to be, and they can rise above like a phoenix out of the ashes of the pain and all the heartache and the trauma. You know, my mother tried to abort me, and I've told you before, I'm 60 and I'm still here. Okay, and I had to deal with all that... um, what do you call it? Memories, uh, you'd be very surprised. Memories of myself inside my mother's womb. That's another story. You know, fighting fighting for life. You understand? And, I, and I've always been a fighter. And now, because of where I am in, in Christianity, you know, I love life with a passion. Okay, And I believe that, that what I've lived through in the drug addiction, alcoholism and prison and a few other things that I've been involved in, in, hasn't been for nothing because that's to relate to people 
and just be a normal person, real person, natural person, to help these people get free out of the pit, I call it. Well, in Australia, one in four women and one in yes. six men are victims of child sexual abuse. So the yes. likelihood is that when you're talking to people in your workplace, on the street, in your community, that there are people who are affected by this. And the documentary called Humble Hope is providing an opportunity for people to see some hope through the pain that they have suffered. Now, uh, when people go to the website, uh, Charmaine, uh, what are they likely to see at the humblehope.org.au website? No doubt there'll be the dates for the tour. What other things are they likely to be able to access there? Is it a resource that people can use? I think so. I haven't actually access them myself I think that uh, might have a trailer it's got a trailer there's a trailer there to the movie it's a really look it's a real personal issue here we're talking extremely personal issues with people and people's lives here and there is hope and that's one of the reasons I think it was called humble hope because it takes a lot of humility for anyone to look in the mirror and say, hey, I've got to deal with this issue. Hey, I've got a problem here. Okay, well, okay. I'll point listeners to the website to see a trailer, humblehope.org.au. Yes. And, of course, there'll be dates tonight. You'll be in Moree, part of a special Q&A session after the screening of the documentary in Moree. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. be able to find out where it's being screened when you go to the Humble Hope website. The Gold Coast tomorrow night, Newcastle on Friday. Uh, opportunity to see what is an award-winning, internationally award-winning documentary called Humble Hope. And Pastor Charmaine Meek, who is featured in the documentary, has been our guest. And uh, Pastor Charmaine, just wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing these things with us because I'm sure that there is healing on the way for people who've been holding things in with that silent scream that you were talking about for so many years. Thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. And may I I just share with you, I wrote a book. Um, It took me two years to write it because I didn't want to do it while my father was alive. And it's called Unhooked. And that book is an autobiography of my life from the indigenous side and from my early childhood, early memories of my childhood, everything I've lived through, okay, it's in the book. And that book will be available at the screenings. Uh, And is it available too at bookstores or online? No. So uh, it's a matter of being in touch with Pastor Charmaine Meek, M-E-E-K, to get a hold of that book. Uh, Charmaine, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Okay, thank you very much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.